Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. It is clear that dermatologists love topicals and it makes sense. We are so fortunate that the organ we deal with is on the outside of the body. So there's really not a lot of specialties where you can touch and really visually see the main organ that you're dealing with. But it's really important to understand the differences between topical therapies. And I have done different podcast episodes about different products, especially looking at things like ear flushes. But I wanted to take some of the main products that we know are available and let me just put a disclaimer. There are so many different topical products out there. I'm going to stick the ones that I have the most experience with that have a lot of support in the veterinary field that have literature behind them and, um, really, really support research and, you know, advancements in veterinary medicine. It doesn't mean it has to be all inclusive. Um, different dermatologists have different opinions over their favorite products, but these are some of the main ones that I have experience with and just kind of differentiating between some of the products out there. Of course, I'm always happy to hear and learn about other things you all have had success with, but looking at some of the ones that I utilize a lot in the clinic and have seen good literature from. So first off, when you're talking about utilizing products, we have to know what we're utilizing it for. We often just think of pyoderma and chlorhexidine, right? Makes sense because we really do love the use of topical therapy when we're managing pyodermas because if we have the ability to limit the amount of systemic antimicrobials we are using, we're all very happy about that. And that's good antimicrobial stewardship. But there's a lot of benefit to topical therapy for maintenance of allergic pets, to manage other skin diseases that we can see. So of course we do manage things besides allergies. If we have a sebaceous adenitis case or a primary seborrhea case, there's a lot of different topicals that can be really beneficial and make a big difference in that pet's life and potentially limit the amount of systemic medications that we need to use in those cases. So let's say for example, a sebaceous adenitis case, You'll see in the literature the mention of cyclosporin as a treatment for that. Um, there's some studies that have shown maybe can help stimulate or help reduce inflammation to cause better sebaceous growth. And I will sometimes use cyclosporin in those cases, especially if they secondarily have allergic dermatitis. That being said, a lot of those pets can actually do well if owners commit to really good topical therapy because you're just trying to restore that skin barrier and limit the amount of infections that that pet has long term. So really making sure you know, one, that it is an allergic case because there are other things that can mimic allergies. So biopsy or do further diagnostics or refer to a dermatologist if it's not seeming like a typical case or it's not responding to classic medications. But then also knowing what we are dealing with, even in our basic like day-to-day cases, 
so that we can use the best topicals, but also explain to owners why we're using certain topicals. I always like to ask owners, what do you have at home or look through the record or if they're not sure for them to, you know, email me pictures of what they have at home. Because I find that if I really work with owners to say, hey, this is why I want to utilize this topical versus this one, they're much more open to considering purchasing another product versus me just saying, oh, I I just want you to use this one because it's what I have and it's what I'm selling you. So it just really helps to work with those people. So let's, we're going to break it down into a few different brands just to help differentiate if you have a preference of a brand in your clinic, when I would use certain products in those cases. So let's start with Siva. Siva does obviously have a lot of great products and they redid, we've talked about this on the podcast before, they redid their line a couple years ago to be Duxo S3. The difference between the previous Duxo products was that had phytosphingazine in it, which was like a precursor sphingoid ceramide. This new line Duxo S3 is kind of an upgraded ingredient called Ophitrium. So what are the differences between all of those different products? Because a lot of people, you know, it's great marketing. They have the different colored bottles for what it is. So it's helpful for the owners to say, oh, it's that orange one. But what is the difference between those products? So of course, we think of the Duxo S3 Pio as one that's utilized a lot. It's a 3% chlorhexidine product, but it still has the Ophitrium in it. So this is a product that could be used for pyoderma. It also can be used for malassezia, even though there's not an azole in the bottle. Um, it is still effective, and there's studies showing that it's still effective against malassezia dermatitis. That just helps with different countries have different regulations regarding how many products can be combined together in certain products. Um, and just again, for antimicrobial stewardship, if we are able to treat numerous things with less ingredients, that exposure is still going to be nice to be able to try to accomplish. So we obviously have the shampoo, we have the pads of that and the mousse. Um, so that is what owners will often call the orange bottle. Then you have the calm in the calm. The big thing about that, and I love using the calm. So once I get through a pyoderma and that's pets, not a chronic offender, that's always going to break out with pyoderma. I like to try to switch them to the Calm if we're staying on the Siva products. This has the highest level of Ophitrium. So it's going to help to restore that skin barrier, but not necessarily continuously expose that pet to chlorhexidine. They don't need to be exposed to chlorhexidine. So I think there's a lot to be said about trying to limit chlorhexidine if you don't necessarily need it. Of course, I have really horrific cases that have to be on some sort of chronic use of chlorhexidine, but I don't like to just accept that they have to be. So, you know, it can be the pink bottle is what we use when we're kind of maintenance mode, trying to keep that skin barrier controlled, trying to, um, you know, just kind of limit how much stuff's getting through that skin barrier because we're helping to restore it. And then you have the Duke Soas 3 Sub. That would be the green bottle. That's going to be more for other issues like those seborrhea cases. I use that in like my sebaceous adenitis cases, my primary um, keratinization defects. It has SIBO lions in it. So a pomegranate extract, um, which helps with kind of some of those seborrheic products. So as you can see, knowing when you're going to use those products in the formulations, you can quickly explain to owners you know, why you're using that. You're not just picking a shampoo to pick a shampoo. You are making sure that you're using the correct ingredients. So knowing those basic ingredients is extremely, extremely crucial when you're utilizing topical therapy. 
The next kind of product line I want to talk about that I've been utilizing is Dermascent. So Dermascent, I think we traditionally always thought of kind of the topical spot-ons, but they definitely have a lot of other products. Um, they are a part of the Nexmune portfolio, and we're getting more and more of the products over here. Um, it was traditionally a French company, and now we're getting more and more with acquisition um, with ICF and Nexmune. We're getting more and more products in the U.S., which is really exciting. So they have other things besides the spot-ons. So they have the Atope 7 line. With that, there's a spray, a shampoo, a mousse, and a hydro cream. And these are meant to really focus on a lot of these are really natural herbal products, which a lot of owners really appreciate. This is kind of focusing on that classic atopic pet or really itchy pet. Then there's the essential six line and the essential six line. You still can use the spot on, on cases of allergic dermatitis. And I certainly do utilize that. And that's kind of the one that has been known over here for a long time, but they also have a shampoo and mousse. And those products, along with the spot on, can be utilized in those Corrado seborrheic disorders. So it's kind of either dry or greasy seborrheic dogs that are just kind of scaly and dandruffy and maybe have kind of an odor to them. And it just appears or smells or feels like they have a microbiome imbalance, but it's not necessarily due to like a strict allergy. And we have some of those cases with like primary seborrhea that can really struggle with kind of that balance and that can be a great product line to use. And then finally, especially when we're talking about infection, which we know is very common in dermatology, if they have pyoderma or malassezia dermatitis, um, there's the pyo spot, pyo clean. I mean, it's helpful because very similar to me being super simple and putting everything under the derm vet, it's all under pyo. So pyo spot, pyo clean spray, pyo clean shampoo, mousse wipes. So these are natural products and ingredients that you can utilize to help treat infections. And, you know, when I get asked about utilizing topicals versus systemic therapy for my infections, um, I, I mean, I really try, even if I am having to reach for something like systemic therapy for whatever reason, I really do try to still utilize topical if I'm able to. I love bathing. Of course, it removes debris. It helps to restore the skin or it removes pollens from the skin if they're allergic. But it also just is really important to make sure you tailor that particular topical protocol for whatever that pet allows. So if they have a more focal area, you can use something like the mousse. If you kind of need a more diffuse skin restoration, maybe utilize something like the spot ons or pipettes because they kind of absorb and diffuse throughout the skin. And then kind of the last product lines I wanted to go through are the Decker product lines because they have a lot of really good products as well. Um, of course we talk a lot about their ear flushes and things of that nature, but they have a lot of wonderful topical products as well. Um, so one that I have utilized a little bit more, um, and I know a lot of other dermatologists who really enjoy this product is for kind of maintenance of the skin, kind of those more itchy skin dogs that aren't infected are the Dermalay product. And that's kind of an oatmeal based shampoo. Um, but again, really good support behind this product. Cause of course you can find lots of different oatmeal shampoos over the counter, but a lot of people really like utilizing the shampoo in those cases. And then there's a spray conditioner that a lot of owners really like using the spray conditioner. Um, kind of smells good, makes them feel really soft, and it's just an easy thing to diffusely, um, you know, put on the pet themselves. 
And then of course, depending on what type of infection they have, there's a lot of products that are going to help with things like yeast. So malacetic HC for the hydrocortisone wipes. We know they have the normal malacetic wipes, maliquette shampoo and wipes. Um, so it's really nice just to have those products. Myconahex Triz is something we utilize a lot because of the myconazole in it and the Triz to break down the biofilm. And then of course you have the Malisha, the Maliseb um, shampoo as well. And then talking infection, if we're dealing with a really resistant pyoderma, their Triz Chlor 4, so 4% chlorhexidine, you're going to have the shampoo and the wipes. So if I'm really struggling with something like a pyoderma that I'm having to have owners utilize, really strong potent topical therapy because maybe there's resistance or maybe products with lower percentages are not as effective in that particular case, then it's really nice to have that product line available. So as you can see between these three companies, again, knowing there's other companies out there that have great products too, all of them have various topical products and there's a reason. We need to know for treating infection, what's the literature show behind that product? Is it going to be helpful for that? But I think we definitely need to embrace maintenance products and making sure we're working up these cases appropriately, because I love in my allergy cases, especially since we know those are so common, I love being able to utilize that topical therapy as a way to help lessen my systemic medication, hopefully restore that skin a bit better so we don't have as many infections in the future. I also really love to have owners have different options. So let's just say they had the Pio shampoo because they got through an infection and then were able to maintain on something like the Calm. So if they're doing really well, but we know spring's a time of year that they tend to struggle, I'll say, you know, use this maintenance calm shampoo, use the pink bottle, you know, when things are going well. If you start to notice areas of redness, crusting, scaly, they're getting itchy to an area, you know, have the Pio products that they, the orange bottle that they can start right away. Because if we can train owners to manage and catch these infections early, especially topically, then we may limit the breakout. We may limit the need for systemic medications, which, you know, we all really, really want to accomplish in these cases. So looking at those individual ingredients, having a simple idea, even if you're just going to carry one product line in your clinic, just knowing the differences between their products and making sure you explain that to owners to some degree. I hope you find that helpful. One ask I want of, of you, hopefully, for the podcast is if you really enjoy the podcast and want to go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, I know when I first started the podcast that I got, um, you know, an influx of reviews because it was exciting and new, um, but I'd really just like to pump that up. I'm hoping with this year, I can really get back to some interviews some really good content for you. Um, and certainly having those five-star reviews that are more recent and current really allow the podcast to reach more ears and hopefully help more veterinarians and technicians and assistants and CSRs help us all as a veterinary community help more pets by being educated on dermatology.